just gonna I'm just gonna pass them out on both sides and kind of split them up. And then if you got too many, just leave them at the back. Got a lot of scripture to, to read tonight, so that's why I wanted to give you them cards in case, in case you wanted to check me out. Look, look me up, make sure I'm right. Amen. But Acts chapter number 13. If you find your place, say amen. Amen. Acts 13, verse number 24. Uh, through verse number 31. We're we're diving into some good stuff. Here tonight, but the Bible said this in verse 24. The Bible said, When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I'm not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I'm not worthy to lose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham. And whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him... They took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. So, a lot going on in our text tonight. But in our last study, we have seen tonight how that Paul is in the synagogue of the Jews tonight. And the thing that him and Barnabas had done is they had sat down for the reading of the prophets and the laws. Now you've got to understand tonight, they would get together, these Jews would, in the synagogues, and they would read these prophets and these laws. But now we see that they have been, uh, Peter and Barnabas, been called upon to speak. And as we said in our last study, we know that anytime Paul got an opportunity to present the gospel, that is what Paul was going to do. So we began reading in our last study in verse number 18, and we see where Paul now begins this uh, drawn out sermon, if you will. And we see the Bible said there, and about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. Now, you and I know this is talking about a man named Moses, right? And we know tonight that he led the children of Israel around in the wilderness for a total of 40 years. Now, could you imagine, could you imagine leading people around for 40 years and all they do is complain about everything that you do? They had to be some Baptists, didn't they? Amen. But that's what they've done. And Paul is telling this people how, how Moses had to deal with this people's bad manners as he's trying to lead them the best that he could. So again, Paul starts out with telling those Jews about Moses and those Jews highly respect this man named Moses. He told them that. Then we see that he tells them how God blessed them in verse 19. 
The Bible said, and when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. So God destroys seven nations for the children of Israel. And now the children of Israel, they're going into the promised land that God had promised he would give to them. So Paul is standing up. He's telling about this history that had happened to these Jews. And we know tonight he is talking to the Jews who uh, who know this history well. So we saw that. We read verse 20 and we see that in that verse Paul tells his people about the judges that God had given them. In the next verse he tells them of the times of the kings in which the people wanted kings to rule over them. You find that in verse 21. We know God gave them a king they deserved and they deserved to have King Saul because they were a disobedient people and they had a disobedient king. So if you're to read verse 22 as we did in our last study we know God removes this king. Let's read it again real quick. Verse 22, And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. So Paul had given them all the history. We know that tonight that it was this people that knew all the history that Paul has given them at this time. But we also know tonight just what we said in our last study. That is tonight we know Paul has a desire upon his life. Paul's desire is that his brethren, these Jews, might be saved. And so what Paul is doing tonight, he is going around kind of trying to keep their attention, if you will, because he knows what is dear to these Jews. So we see that. So it's here now in our text, Paul is going to tell these Jews what he is wanting them to know. We saw that in the next verse. The Bible said of this man's seed, verse 23, of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So they know how Moses had come in. They knew about David tonight. But now they're about to hear of a king. And these Jews tonight, they are awaiting a king. May I say to you tonight, in 2023, there's a lot of Jews still awaiting a king. But the king has come tonight. His name is Jesus Christ. And Paul had went over a lot of the Old Testament, but now he's going to break into the New Testament. So let's get back to our study and let's read this again. Verse 24, verse 25. The Bible said, When John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Now you've got to understand, John had first preached before the coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible said in verse 25, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, whom think ye that I am? Now John is not trying to take any credit for anything. Listen, notice your Bible. Whom think ye that I am? He said, I am not he. He's saying, I'm not Jesus. Okay? I'm not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I'm not worthy to lose. So again, Paul now moves to the New Testament. He's gave the Old Testament history to the Jews. Now he's going to the New Testament. And it was those Old Testament prophets that had told about how Christ was coming. I mean, friend, the Bible said in Deuteronomy 18 and 15, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet. 
in the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. That was Moses speaking to the children of Israel. That word prophet, if you were to look in Deuteronomy chapter number 18, that word prophet in that text has a capital P. That lets us know that that is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Those Jews should have known that, but they were blind. Amen. So we see that. There was the prophecy Jesus would come in. Then there was the prophecy of John the Baptist. In the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 1, the Bible said, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight him. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So, what Paul is getting at tonight in our text is that both of these men that the Old Testament talks about had come. Alright, as you see that in the book of Malachi, it talks about both of those men. In that verse in Malachi, you would see the phrase, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. That's talking about John the Baptist. He's the messenger preparing the way. But it's after that verse that we see the phrase, the messenger of the covenant. That is Jesus Christ. He come bearing the best covenant in the world. It was a blood covenant. And once the blood gets on us, amen, I'm glad we can't shake it off. I'm glad we can't walk away from it. I'm glad we can't lose it. Oh, what a covenant that we've got tonight. Ain't you glad, friend, that once you're saved, you're always saved. Hey, that, that's a blessing but he come bearing a covenant. But it was John tonight that had come to prepare the way. Matthew 3, 1 through 3, the Bible said, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John the Baptist, he came to tell folks to repent. Said a king's coming. He was the very forerunner of Christ. Then it's in verse 25, Paul's telling these Jews that John's not Jesus. Amen. Uh, we know that very well tonight. That's what John said. He said in Matthew 3 and 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So that is what uh, Paul's talking about in our text. Now look at what he says next. Verse 26, the Bible said, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham... And whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. Do you see what I see in our text? There's Jews there. Then I believe somebody else is there too. Because he said, to you are the children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God. That's two types of people there. So uh, we see that. But it's now that Paul is wanting to really get the attention of these Jews again. Notice he calls them brethren. First of all, and the thing that we can see here is that he's now getting personal with these Jews. So it's after that he calls them children of the stock of Abraham. I'm giving you a lot of things here tonight. But the reason that he does that is because he knows these Jews will get lifted up with pride when Abraham's mentioned. They, they, they were favored to Moses. They were favored to Abraham. And we'll get in that in just a second. So to be a child of Abraham to these Jews was one of the greatest things that you could be. We all know who Abraham and the Word of God is, right? He left a far country, amen, to seek one that, that hadn't come yet. 
But it was that phrase that make them swell up with pride. You understand what Paul is doing tonight? He is drawing these Jews in. He is sucking them in with people that they know. People that they respect. He's, he's getting their attention. Amen. It kind of be look like, like uh, putting a golden corral sign down here at a store and, and putting a light on it. And boy, I'd be there, wouldn't you? He's drawing them in. He's getting their attention. So, friend, listen, uh, it caused them to get prideful. The Bible said in John 8, 32 through 33, these Jews say this, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, listen what the Jews answered. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? They really thought they were something because they were of the seed of Abraham. So they thought that just them being of the seed of Abraham would save them. That's not the case, friend. So we see that. Let's move on. Look also in this verse, the Bible says, And whosoever among you feareth God. That's one of my favorite words in the Word of God. Paul is now opening up the door to not just the Jew, but to anybody that's sitting under the sound of his voice. I'm glad that salvation is for all. Aren't you tonight? I mean, for you, and we'll see that so many times throughout the book of Acts. Paul makes this statement in the book of Romans. The Bible said in Romans 1, 14 through 16, I'm debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The message that Paul has is to all. Now let's read verse 27 through 28. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have filled them in condemning him. Paul is telling these Jews this. This is what the Bible said in verse 28. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. So it was in the synagogue and in others where the prophets of old would be read. The words were all right there. These Jews had the Old Testament. The words were there. They done exactly what the Bible said they do. Is that not amazing? And yet they did not believe it. Friend, listen tonight. The words were there. All of this is introducing the very fact that the Messiah came tonight, offered himself to Israel, but Israel rejected him and crucified him and had him killed and God raised him from the dead. It was Israel and this people tonight that Paul is standing in front of. They are guilty of killing the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, it was because of their rejection he hung on the cross, but we can't put the blame on all them, Brother David, because I'm just as guilty and you're just as guilty as they are for Jesus Christ there. He died for us. So it's Paul that now says in these verses, and though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. So could you imagine this crowd now as the guilt sets in? Here's these Jews tonight. They're looking for a Messiah. They're looking for a king. And they're saying, Paul's simply saying, you have killed your king. Could you imagine the guilt? Could you imagine the shame when they realized it was their sin that hung Christ on the cross? And my friend, listen to me. Not only did Paul preach this here, we know that he preached it on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost of God fell down and those people said, what shall we do? Paul goes on to say in verse 27, the words, they knew him not. 
That don't mean the people didn't know Jesus though. Because we know that the people that day had seen him do miracles. We know that. But the thing they did not believe was the fact he was their Messiah. They didn't believe that. So they would not own him as their Lord and awaited king. What they done is they said he was an imposter. They said Jesus Christ is a blasphemer. That's what they said. The Bible said in Matthew 26, 63 through 66. But Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said to him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tellest whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. They have seen the miracles. Listen, friend, these folks walked with Christ. They, I can picture them as Lazarus is laying dead. And then after four days, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And they still say, this is not our king. Oh, that'd be like us walking outside, looking at the sunshine and look, hearing the birds sing and saying, there's no God. About the same difference. This is amazing. They'd seen the miracles. They'd heard the witness. They did not believe. Boy, these people in a pew all the time. They hear of Christ. They hear the testimonies, but they never believe. Boy, it's sad. Sad. Even Pilate said this in John 19, 6 through 7. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law. And by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Friend, the Jews were waiting for Christ. They failed to see that he had come. That's what Paul's talking about in verse number 27, where he says they knew him not. They had even had those prophets to tell them about Christ. We know Paul also states in verse number 27 as well, nor yet the voices of the prophets. So they didn't believe those Old Testament saints of God either. The ones they highly respected like Moses and Abraham and Isaiah, they didn't believe a word they said. But we know the book of Isaiah speaks clearly of Calvary tonight. Isaiah 53, if you were to read that, you'd see no greater detail than the cross of Christ. Friend, the Jews were so ignorant of what they had in their hands with the Old Testament. And may I say to you tonight, with all due respect, it is us that have the Word of God in our hands tonight and yet are so ignorant of what we hold in our hand. A thrice holy God give us a perfect Bible, infallible, inerrable Word of God, and yet how often do we sit down and just read what God said? Well, we're so ignorant of it. It was God that blinded the eyes of Israel though so that the gospel of Christ could come to me and to you tonight. Now do you understand tonight what that means? God's chosen people, Israel, He blinded their eyes because He knew there were some Gentiles. He knew there going to be a Mountain View Baptist Church. Tonight, 2023, He knew we'd be here and caused blindness to happen to them. So salvation... Oh, what a blessing. That's God's own people. I'm glad God didn't just love the Jew. I'm glad He loves me and He loves you. 
Amen. I'm glad of that tonight, friend. Listen, they had heard the prophets that had told about how they would deny Christ and hang Him on the cross. It's all right in front of their eyes tonight. But notice what else Paul said. He said in verse 27, they have fulfilled them in condemning Him. Fulfilled what? Fulfilled every single one of those prophecies in the Word of God. Friend, there's folks today that say, well, Jesus Christ is real. I've got news for you, buddy. He fulfilled everything the Word of God said. Every single bit of it. And you know what? He's going to fulfill the rest of it. But friend, the Jews had fulfilled all the Old Testament concerning Christ. They had to. So salvation will come to me and to you. Friend, this is amazing. I hit it tonight. Even though he didn't deserve to die, it was him that plotted against Christ. This man who never knew no sin, never done no wrong. But the whole time, and as all this is being fulfilled, Jesus Christ opened on his mouth because he knew we needed to be saved. He never caused any trouble. Could you imagine Brother David having the perfect... Well, your kid's here. I better not say too much. The perfect kid. I'm listening. Could you imagine having the perfect kid? You don't have to shake your head yes or no. It's okay. Could you imagine having the perfect child? Jesus Christ was the perfect child. Every word mom and daddy said, he got it. Perfect child. Man that never done any sin in his life is now hanging on the cross because of what you and I done. Friend, aren't you glad Jesus Christ went through what He went through for us? Verse 29, the Bible said this, And when they had fulfilled all that was written of Him, they took Him down from the tree and laid Him in a sepulcher. All that was found in the Old Testament, by the way. That was fulfilled. They had done just what it was they were supposed to do. Is that not amazing? And they had no idea that that's what they were supposed to do. But God had ordained the death of His darling Son from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ was born to die. And then in our text tonight, we see they laid Him in a sepulcher. But before we look at that, I don't want to go too fast. But notice in this verse, Paul is telling this people it was them that had fulfilled all that was written to them. But not only is it them. Tonight it's going to get a little real. It's also you and me. Jesus Christ came and died for the sin of the whole entire world. You remember me saying last week, if we've told one little lie, that's just as if we've committed all the other sins. It was our sin that put Him on the cross. Jesus Christ died for us so that we could live. And the only way a person will die and go to hell is because they will not come to the man that died for them. Friend, if I were to give you a free bus ticket to the Bahamas, You'd have to get on the boat a little ways of it. But if I were to give you just a little ways, but if I were to give you a ticket, would you not want to go? If I said it's free, this is going to be the best vacation that you never have. Where do you go? Jesus Christ gave us a free ticket to the best land ever. The price has been paid. It's already done. Friend, you might as well pack your bags and just go. Anyway, verse 30 through 31. I can't stop. You got to stop here. But God raised him from the dead. Listen to me. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem who are his witnesses unto the people. All looked dark and dreary at Calvary. So now that Christ was not dead, 
Thank God he lives. Friend, because he lives, you and I that are saved live. Amen. I'm going to stand before you as a man, Brother David, that's got a soul that's never going to die. I'm telling you, this old flesh is going to die one day if the Lord don't call me home first, or rapture us out of here first. But I'm telling you today that if something happens to me, here's what I want you to do. Don't cry and weep. Throw a big, uh, throw, grab some of rolls from Golden Corral and eat and have a good time because I'm rejoicing in heaven. I know where I'm going tonight. Do you? All look dark, but he lives. Now we live. There was no other sacrifice that would work except for the blood of Christ. And friend, how many of you still believe this book is true? Still believe the Bible's true, right? Listen to this. It was in verse 30, we read of a people that saw him after he died. And now he's come back. And there's about 30 witnesses say they saw Jesus Christ. Friend, I'm telling you. I, you know, they write those history, school, history books in school. And every single time that you read them, there's something a little bit different that we're I'm telling you, I've got a history book, Brother David, that doesn't need to be rewritten. It just needs to be reread. I'm telling you, friend, listen. It was in verse 30 we read of the people that saw him. That lets me know that he lives. He's seated on the right hand of God the Father. And the thing that he's doing for me and you tonight is he's praying for you and for me as we're down here, friend. I'm glad the sinless Son of God prays for us. Do you understand what that means? Friend, it's sin that hinders our prayer life. But the man with no sin is up in heaven praying for you and for me to make it in this life. That means there's no hindrance between his prayer and God. Ain't that amazing? Now get a hold of this. Paul had just shared the gospel of Christ with these Jews. And he now has told them that not only did he just die, now he says Jesus lived and he's living. Just think for a moment. It was Jesus, after all, that borrowed a stall when he was born, right? He borrowed that. And then he had no place to lay his head. Then he borrowed a boat. Get a hold of that. He borrowed a boat to go and preach on. In Luke 5 and 3, the Bible said, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. He borrowed a ship. He borrowed a little donkey, didn't he? He rode into the holy city to publicly offer himself as their king. They were throwing stuff in the way. Amen. And they were throwing all that down. And they said, Here comes the king. He borrowed a donkey. You know what else? He borrowed a sepulcher where no man had ever been laid. He just needed it for three days and three nights. Just borrowed it. Amen. Why did he borrow that stuff? Because this world's not his home and he didn't have nothing worth having here. Friend, listen, everything he had down here was borrowed because he knew he was not of this world. He was part of the world to come. So up from the grave, Christ arose. He was seen many days. It was the disciples that saw him. They didn't know it was him at first. The Bible said in Luke 24, 36 through 39, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed they'd seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. Listen to this. You believe this is true, right? Listen to Christ. After he had died, he said, Now he said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. 
As a matter of fact, he said, if you don't believe me, the Bible says, handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. Jesus Christ come back in the flesh. Now, Paul was telling this people of Christ how it's Him that is alive and that is well. I sure am glad that our God tonight, He's still alive and He's still well. Yes, Paul was talking about how Jesus had come and He had died because of those Jews, but now He's telling them, look boys, everything that you have heard about from Moses all the way to Abraham, Abraham, all the way to Isaiah. It's true. Jesus Christ did come. He was born in a manger. But let God then they hung him on the cross. But after that, he got up on the third day. He rose and he's alive tonight. And I'm telling you, friend, the world's wicked and the world's a mess. But I'm telling you, I know the God in heaven that is still in charge. He's still king of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. He's still going to rule and he's going to reign. Hey, friend, he lives. We're in Him and He's in us. If He's alive, we might as well be too. He's alive. We don't serve a dead God. He lives. Still in control. No matter what kind of shape the world gets in. Friend, we went last week to a town hall meeting. And this lady made this statement. She's from California. She made this statement. She wanted to open up a nightclub in Ash County, North Carolina. And so it passed. They, they're going to open it up. And here's what this lady said. She said, I've had people that have battled with addiction in my family my whole life. And I stand there in the town hall listening to this. I mean, I really don't make no sense. So you've had people that's battled with alcohol and, 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 and addictions all your life. And you want to open up a bar. That don't make no sense. And then you look at town hall, there's professing Christians on town hall voting in a nightclub. And I got about ten shades red because when I get mad, I turn red. I just can't help it. It's what I do. But the more I thought about it, more, I really thought, you know what? God's still in control. It doesn't matter what happens. She can open that thing and God can shut the door just as fast as she opened it. I'm telling you, friend, God's still in control. Even when we have a White House that has lost its mind, God's still in control. We have people that have passed away, went on home to be with the Lord. God is still in control. He's still on the throne. We don't need to forget that. Don't need to forget it. Paul's telling this people, Jesus lives. I'm telling you tonight, He still lives. My message Sunday will be, He still lives. My message the next week will be, He still lives. My message the week after that will be, He still lives because He's never going to die. Amen. Amen. What a God we get to serve. The thing that that means for me and for you is that no matter what you need, it's Jesus that has exactly what is needed for you. He's alive and He's well. If He was dead, He wouldn't have anything for you. But He's alive. So whatever you need lies at His feet tonight. Why don't you come and get it?